0: She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household. Proverbs, chapter 31, verses 26 through 27. <laughs> Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week we're taking a trip down to God's favorite fishing hole. That's right. It is the Berenstain Bears perfect fishing spot from 1992 and 2008 That's right. We are looking at a Cub Club book. Look, Ma, I'm reading as well as a Living Lights beginning reader. We haven't touched on this in a little bit, in a minute, as the kids are so apt to say. We're taking a look at a book. That was never intended to be a religious book, but then became a religious book by necessity, by need. Mike Berenstain needed something to produce for Living Lights, and so he grabbed The Berenstain Bears' Perfect Fishing Spot, a book that has absolutely nothing to do with Our Lord, and made it a book about Our Lord. But is it a good fit? Did it work? Did it work out just right? And what, pray tell, is my relationship to the fine craft of fishering? Fishing, fishing, grabbing a fish, catching a fish, scaling a fish, and eating a fish. How much experience do I have fishing, fishing. The answer to that may come as a surprise to many of you. Not none. None uh, no. I do not fish. I have rarely fished. I have fished, I was not good at it. I could probably count the number of times I fished in my life on one hand. The first time I ever remember fishing was with my father. And what more beautifully idyllic idea can you think than a small boy in his short pants going out to the fishing hole with his dad to catch a whomper, a big whomper, whatever you call them, the wa- the whomping fish, taking along his bright orange Snoopy fishing pole with his dad going out to the crick, crick hollow, standing on a bridge, casting off into the into the into the waves and catching nothing. Maybe a tug from a turtle? That was weird. Yes, the first time I ever went fishing with my dad a turtle tugged on my fishing line. It didn't get hooked or anything, do not worry. But it did grab at the worm. And I thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Fishing, Uh, rarely happened. I did have a bright orange Snoopy fishing pole when I was a kid though. I used to cast it into our swimming pool in the backyard and reel it in. That's pretty much it. I had a tackle box too, with tackle. Uh, I didn't like being in nature i didn't like going out of doors i didn't like doing things outside in the heat in the sun and since i grew up in texas that's the only place there is to do anything there in the heat and in the sun and outdoors so i tended to not fish plus my dad wasn't exactly a fisherman he wasn't a fisherman he didn't fish at all ever rarely so no big loss it wasn't like a huge part of our family we didn't have a boat or anything just sometimes you were in an area where there was water and there were fish in that water and if you had a fishing pole You caught the fish. My dad had a story he used to tell us about, I think, when he was with my mom. And they were driving somewhere when they were a very young couple. And they were driving through like a sort of a a marshy land, like a watery land. There had been a flood or something. And a huge fish, like a giant fish, was just on the street. Like there had been flooding and then the water had receded and the fish was there. And it was still alive. So my dad got out of the car and he stunned the fish. Like he hit it as i guess you do and he thought he had killed it and he put it in the back seat of his car and they started driving on with this fish they were like hooray, we caught a fish easily like on the side of the road that's good eaten and then the fish like revived in the back seat and started flopping around and banging around and they had to get the fish out of the back seat of the car now as i'm telling this story as i am telling this story to you my dear listeners my grip by my best friends in the world my wonderful friends as i am as the words are traipsing across my lips, my dry lips, as they are tickling across my ivories. I am suddenly aware of the fact that that may be not a true story. It may not have happened. That may be a falsehood or a fake story, a lie or a tall tale, or something that I made up in my head. I could have mistakenly remembered my father telling me this. It could have been something I saw, I don't know, on Who's the Boss or my two dads or any number of surrogate parents I had as a child. Just some, it could be a random story, it could be something I read in a magazine, it could be something I made up whole cloth, I don't know, but I've been telling that tale for a while, the time my dad sort of caught a fish, maybe it was in a show I was in now, I don't know, in my head it was my dad, so that's my connection to fishing, uh, I also fished at a, we, it was a big man-made lake we went to once camping, and I just remember there was a, a bunch of dead fish in the water, like a whole bunch of dead fish, that was unpleasant. Uh, I think I went fishing one other time. I didn't like the worms. I didn't like the hooks. I didn't like the fish. Uh, don't really care for fresh caught cooked up fish. I don't like bones. I don't like scales. I don't like the cleaning process. I don't like the guts and the eyes and the face. I don't like any of that. Uh, fishing. Not my thing. Not my thing. However, with the Berenstain Bears, it really is a thing. These bears eat fish. We know they eat fish. They love them. They love the fish. And even though we know that uh, some fish can speak, in the cartoon at least, not so in the books. Not so in the stories. They are simply meant to be devoured, to slide hold down the maw of a slavering bear. Uh, and here we are then, with the Berenstain Bears, perfect fishing spot now obviously this is a book that was rewritten into a religious book so it starts off uh the living lights version starts off with a quote from proverbs as we read she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue she watches over the affairs of her household now that seems like a weird thing to put in the beginning of a fishing book a book about fishing it's not about households or anything but there's that she what does that she mean What does that imply? Well, obviously, in the original Cub Club book, that quote was not there. But in this book, I've spoken in the past about how (laughs) these books were not religious. They were not intended to teach religious messages or have any religious messaging at all. And these Cub Club books in particular didn't even necessarily have a moral. They weren't even necessarily trying to teach you anything about family life or being a good person. Many of them were just there to be a single gag or, I don't know, to tell a tell a funny joke and this book in particular is going back to classic papa humor which is that papa gets told to do something by mama he doesn't listen and thinks he can do it better himself in the end he's proved wrong and he just does what mama says the end that's it that's the story we've seen this happen time and again with the prize pumpkin and with various other things Uh, this book is about fishing and they want to fish uh, Papa wants a fish for dinner. And mom is like, great, go to Grizzly Gus's fish stand and get us a fish. Now, how do they make this about God? The short answer is they don't. The long answer is they take a line such as a fine fat fish, tender and sweet. There is nothing better in the world to eat and change it to a fine fat fish, tender and sweet. There is nothing better in the world to eat. Thanks be to God for that delicious treat. Like That's it. Like that's, they t- he t- they just tack God on to the end of the, of the actual line. There's nothing. Then you go pages with no God. So what happens is Papa's like, all right, I'm off to Grizzly Gus's. And then they don't go to Grizzly Gus's because he's like, you want a good fish. You don't want a store-bought fish. Even though Grizzly Gus is selling from a stand on the side of the road, obviously they're f- fresh fish. But Papa's like, nope, we got to catch this fish ourselves. We want a good fish. Gotta dig our own worms. Uh, we gotta get our pole and head off down to the fishing hole. So they go down to the fishing hole and they try to catch a fish, but of course they catch one that is too small. Again, we've gone pages and pages now. No mention of God. Not not a word. No mention of God. Papa's like, all right, we'll go to a better fishing spot. But they come to a fishing spot that says, no fishing allowed. And brother says, but who brother says, Pod says no fishing allowed. And Pa says, Papa says, but who will know if I drop my hook? And then the the fish warden is walking up. And Sister says, he will, Pa, the fish warden, look. Papa says, I see, I see. Good day to you. Uh, My cubs and I were enjoying the view. And he leaves. Just a lie. Like, he just lies his way out of the situation. Well, in the religious book, instead, what he does is... lot lot he just lies he just lies his way he does the exact same thing except they tack on so sorry god bless such a good job you do which is so patronizing like he's caught red-handed trying to steal fish from the fishing hole no fishing allowed no bears allowed no fishing on this spot he is caught red-handed by the fish warden and he pulls this religious stuff on them now I get it, like, he's trying to get He's trying to weasel his way out of the situation without getting a ticket or whatever. Don't pull that God stuff, Papa. That's so hypocritical. Like, oh, all of a sudden, oh, God bless you, sir, for your wonderful job. No, don't do that. I did forget to mention, though, that in the very beginning of the book, uh, he says, the brother and sister say, may sister and I come with you, dad? And he says, yes, indeed, of course, my lad. And they add the line, "Spending time with you two makes my heart glad." That's nice. It's not even a religious sentiment. It's just a nice, supportive thing for a parent to say. Good on you, pa- papa, and good on you, Mike Berenstain, for tacking on those two lines that soften Papa's blow a little bit. Then he gets to a big lake, and he says, "Hook and worm. Now do your duty in this place of God's most precious beauty." Which, again, you're just patronizing God, Papa Bear. Like now, you're just like, now you're just kissing up to the Lord. Now you're just saying. Oh, boy, I just really love this place you put together, my lord. Uh, Sure would love to catch a nice fish. Like, that's just ask. Just get down on your hands and knees, or I guess just down on your knees, and pray, Papa. Like, don't patronize God. He knows when you're patronizing him. That's one of his magic powers. He He knows when he's being, like, kissed up to. Anyway, he catches a pair of boots. Not even a boot. He catches a pair of galoshes, which I don't even know how that's possible. So then they're like, this way, cubs, follow me. We'll catch our fish in the deep blue sea. So they're going to get a boat and go out on the ocean. And he says, God provides. He'll make sure that we have what we need, which doesn't even rhyme. Again, you're just patronizing God. Like I feel like he's just trying to pretend like you just want a fish, Papa. You just want a good big fish, not for any particularly good, not for any reason other than you just want to eat a tasty fish. Like, that's it. He just wants to catch a fish and eat a fish. He doesn't need it. He's not starving. He's not trying to, like, provide a beautiful meal for someone in need or even for his family. He just wants to eat a good fish. Stop dragging God into this. God has nothing to do with this. You don't sound like you, you don't sound very appreciative. In any case, they go out on the sea and the fish just start jumping in the boat, which is I think that's a Jesus story. No, no, no. The fish don't. That was Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie were the ones. Ernie was here, fishy, 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 and then the fish came in the boat. That wasn't what happened with Jesus and the fishermen. That was a different story. I'm confusing the two. In any case, the fish are just jumping into the boat. So many, they have to start bailing out fish. But then all of a sudden, help, help! Look, Papa Bear, we're going up, up in the air. They've been caught in a fishing net. Well, what was happening was the fish were jumping in their boat to get away from the net and they've been caught in a huge net that gets lifted up, up into the air by a crane onto a giant fishing vessel. And the, the, the guy on the vessel is like, yep, those are our fish. You have to give them back. And Papa's like, oh, all right, well, I guess we have to go buy our fish from Grizzly Gus. And the cubs are like, what? You just dragged it. What? And he's like, my best advice to both of you is to do what mama says to do. And then we add on the lines, God's blessed God's blessed Gus with the perfect fishing spot. We never really had a shot. Which, okay, like at this point now, you're just like treading water. Like there's no reason. The whole point of the book, you even said it in the proverb you set up, listen to mama. Like that's the whole idea. Just listen to mama, listen to mama, listen to mama. A fish that's tender, a fish that's sweet, a fish that's good for a bear family to eat, and then they tack on the line, "God bless this food, God bless this treat." So that's like that's what happened. There is no, there's no theological message in this book, okay? And this is one of my big problems with these like retrofitted Living Lights books is they don't tie it into religion at all. They just have Papa spout a bunch of platitudes about God, about how awesome God is. But again, Papa is not doing something selfless. He is not asking for guidance. He is not begging forgiveness. He is not confessing his sins, asking for understanding of the world around him, anything. He is simply trying to get a good fish to eat. He wants to eat the good fish. He wants a good tasty fish to put in his mouth and eat a good tasty treat. That's all he wants. And like I said, instead of just praying for a bountiful fishing, he does these vague hints. There's a thing little kids do when they want something. Or I guess human beings do when they want something, but they don't want to ask for it. They do this thing where they like drop these incredibly unsubtle hints. Like if I'm out with Mitzi and she wants a treat, like say a chocolate, hot chocolate. Instead of just saying, can I get a hot chocolate? She'll say. Oh, I sure would like a hot chocolate. Or like if you're in the like, Target boutique and like you see like a toy. Uh, I don't know what kids like today. A Hatchimal. Mm, I sure would like to have a Hatchimal. Instead of just saying, like, will you buy me a Hatchimal? I'll probably say no. But instead it becomes this dance. And I feel like Papa's doing the child dance with God. Papa's being like, oh, you did a nice job with this thing. Sure, would Oh boy, sure wish I could catch a fish. I don't think God works that way. I think the whole idea is that God is supposed to like kind of respect you if you're up front and like just like straightforward, like don't like beat around the bush. He's got 7 billion people to t- to take care of, to listen to. Like don't like play games with God if that's if you believe in God. If you don't believe in God, d- don't even take my advice. Like don't even listen. Like that This has nothing to do with you. Uh but that's uh, the the Berenstein Bears the perfect fishing spot uh they actually tie in the perfect fishing spot at the end they don't really do it in the in the uh they don't have really, really much closure in the original version but in this version at least it says like god blessed gus with the perfect fishing spot we never really had a shot which okay that's theologically weird too because apparently god god gave gus the one good place to fish i don't know what that means or why or who gus even is Gus is a foil to Papa. He's the guy Papa hates to shop from until he has to because he can't find what he's looking for like in the wild. And I don't know what God says is Gus an angel? Like because I don't know where he lives and he has this fishing stand. Remember he had the pumpkin stand that was like right outside the bear's house, like just on their on the walkway from their house to the street is like this fishing, this like pumpkin stand. The fishing stands in the exact same place. It says Grizzly Gus fish. The only house for a mile around is the bear family's house. Like, is he an angel? Is he like the angel from It's a Wonderful Life? Is he like a divine being who's just set there to teach Papa the same lesson over and over again? Because if so, that's kind of genius. That's kind of genius. I'm going to say in the Living Light series, not in any other series, I'm going to say, canonically now, in the Living Light series, Gus is a divine being he is a supernatural entity he is an angel sent from god on high to teach papa the lesson that just buy your st- buy your stuff on the way out th- i set up a store right by your house just buy it from me buy it from me and you can say that that's like not very good business sense you can say that's like oh Gus shouldn't be monopolizing the the situation like that gush should be like making things available for forever he should have a store out in bear country somewhere to which i say He's a magic man. He's a divine. He's a divine presence. Don't, don't question it. Don't question it. Don't question God. Certainly don't question Gus. It'll still mess you up. Uh, so that's it. That's uh, the Berenstein Bears and the perfect fishing spot, or the Berenstein Bears possessive s, the perfect fishing spot. Uh, it's available from Living Lights. You can find it online. You can find the Cub Club book used. But if you want to buy a new, you got to buy the religious version. Again, with, like I've said in the past, with a Sharpie, you can turn it back into the original version. Like it's pretty easy if that's what you want. In this book, the pictures haven't even been redone. These are the exact same illustrations from the Cub Club books. You're essentially getting the same book. Just, if you don't want the religious stuff, just take some white tape and just tape over the religious words. They are conveniently not even intrusive, they are just tacked on to the ends of sentences. Uh, is it a good book? I don't know. The pictures are fine. Uh, You get some. You do get a pretty funny shot of Papa and the Cubs going up, up, up uh, in the air in their uh, their fishing bass, their fishing boat when it's been caught by the the giant fishing ship. That's that's pretty cute. But I don't know what this has to do with God. If you're religious parents and you want a good book about God, I give it a pass. This has nothing to do with religion. It has a ham-fisted little like shoved-in proverb at the beginning. Not much to do with God. This book was this there to fill a quota to just say, here's another one. Here's, here you go, Zonder, Zonder Van. Here's another book. Uh, we just took this old one. I just put some God on top of it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That is the Berenstain Bears. Perfect fishing spot. Um, My name is Phil Gonzalez. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you can find me on BerenstainBearcast.wordpress.com. You can find me at Bearcast at Twitter. Go to patreon.com forward slash deep in bear country. Throw a few bucks my way. And if you're on Patreon, stay tuned for the version of this book episode where I'm going to be talking about the television version of the Berenstain Bears perfect fishing spot. Is it the same story? Is it the same thing at all? We'll find out. Did they change the plot at all? Maybe. Join me on Patreon and I will see you next time deep in bear country.